The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. The Bavada at Odds Podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us. We'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. The Super Bowl is in the books. You're listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. Sam, how you doing, my friend? What is up, brother? Just another week in the grind. Another week in the grind. The Super Bowl is over. As I was talking to uh, to David on the Fantasy Football Almanac show, and Brad, actually, yesterday when we recorded Get Paid, um, I said, you know what? Like For me, the end of the football season, because it's so busy with all the YouTube stuff, with all the podcasting, um, you know, I'm already during the end of the football season, I'm already writing the baseball book with baseball Llama. I'm like, this is like, this is like the last day of summer vacation for, for me. <laughs> so, or <laughs> yeah. the last day of school before summer vacation. I mean, it's like, um, so, you know, Sam and I just a quick heads up to everybody out there. We love our audience. Um, just letting you know that Sam and I are going to take a couple weeks off to kind of recharge batteries. Probably me more than Sam, just because I've been like running myself ragged throughout the NFL season, but we'll be back. Don't worry about it. You know, definitely stay subscribed, you know, tune into everything we're doing. Um, and also because we're doing the keto chronicles here, I kind of want to keep that going. So maybe we'll figure something out. I don't know if we'll publish those in functional sportsaholic or look to elsewhere, but long story short, we're taking a couple weeks off. Don't think of it as a big deal. We'll be back. All right. Uh, but yeah, dude, um, Super Bowl's in the books. Uh, I guess, Sam, I know you're watching just like most of America was watching, even though the ratings were down. Um, what did you think, man? What What are your thoughts on the Super Bowl? Well, I know we had our group text going pretty much during yeah. it. Um, yeah, and I know you pretty much turned it off. Or I, I did. You switched to I a did. video game. You I still did. had it on on one of the one of the eight screens. Yeah. So if you're um, picking this up for the first time, I know we have like a most of our audiences repeat, so you know this. But I'll just quickly repeat. You know, my setup downstairs. I have three TVs because again. Everything I do for the network and YouTube and all this stuff. I, I watch like all the games, as you know, Sam. So I have three three games going at a time. So I have a nice big screen TV, and then I have these other two kind of smaller TVs. I put the game on the smaller TV with the sound on. I left the sound on, and I went to video games in the second half because it was over. I mean, Kansas City was toast. But, yeah, what were you saying? Yeah, so, I mean, I was, you know, because, you know, I knew you and I talked, and we, we had Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. winning. Um even though I said I would like to see uh, the Bucks j- win just for the the narrative uh, with uh, Tom Brady and getting another one and doing one without right. the Patriots, and yeah. just see how see how long this guy can, can this guy can go. You know, any anybody older than me that's still playing a professional <laughs> sport, like I, I I root for them, man. Especially when what was he four four or five years older? You know, I'm like, man, this guy. He's you know, he was out of high school before we were we were even in high school and it's crazy to think of him still, uh, you know, and it wasn't like Peyton Manning's Super Bowl with the, with the, uh, Broncos, Broncos where they were, you know, just kind of dragging him. Yeah. Know? Right. And Tom Brady was a, was a huge factor. Um, I know. I know. And, you know, so that's just good to see, man. I want to see this guy push it and continue to excel. So other than that, uh, you know, uh, halftime show was, uh, hmm was decent you know yeah. i like the weekend uh you know for for not having the normal um mashups crowd type type thing that they had um 
Um, and, you know, uh, commercials were okay. There's a couple I liked, but, you know, overall, just they were okay. You know, uh, okay, so first thoughts on the game. Yeah, you and me both had Kansas City, and I was the most wrong out of anybody on, on, on the network. And when I say network, I mean, like, the three shows that I do. Um, I felt strongly that Kansas City was going to win this game by 10, and um, and I'm surprised that Tampa Bay throttled Kansas City, just as I was surprised that the Seattle Seahawks throttled the Denver Broncos all those years ago, and it had a very similar feel to me. It also had a similar feel to how the New England Patriots, um, the Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, beat the Los Angeles Rams. Right. And and it, when I say that, I mean like Belichick and his defense basically mind warped the uh, the the St. Louis Rams and Mike Martz back then they played like one or two defensive linemen dared them to run the ball with Marshall Falk because Belichick knew quite well that they were not going to commit to the run. Kansas right. City never adjusted. Um, I've gone through this a couple times, so I'll just put the Cliss notes in there. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay did exactly what they did the last two and a half quarters to Kansas City the first time they played when they dominated the last two and a half quarters. Now, I saw that, and I thought, okay, well, Kansas City saw that too. They would look at the game film. They would react. They'd get their players in space. They never did that. So Tampa Bay, I thought Kansas City, what they had to do was line up Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey on one side of the field since they were both being double-covered, send one on a fly, send one on a post, and then drag out their their um, running back to the sideline and just hit swing passes all day to force Tampa Bay out of that shell, and then you can hit stuff over the top. And Kansas City never adjusted, and I'm shocked because this is Andy Reid we're talking about. I have never seen Andy Reid coach so poorly in my life, and I followed him even because I was a big Washington fan, but I liked those Eagles teams with McNabb. I've always been an Andy Reid fan. Probably the poorest coaching performance I have ever seen at Andy Reid. And I would say that his son's crash was a big factor mentally in his lack of adjustment. I don't think he was there. I was going to say that too, you know, especially with him losing his other son, you know, when he was the coach of uh, the Eagles Mm. in training camp, his other son was a a coach on the staff and his coach and his son OD'd in the, um, in the, in the dorm room. Yeah, and then this son, you know, a day before the Super Bowl, um, they're about to fly out or whatever. He, yeah, uh, you know, he's drinking and uh, sub- allegedly drinking. And, well, he did and admit to drinking. Right, you know, drinking uh, we don't know if he was Adder- drunk. Adderall. Um, yeah, you know, in his system, and ended up, uh, you know, severely injuring a little. Uh, which the, is the biggest the child? Deal, which is know, the biggest and, deal, obviously, about all this, right? Right. right. So, but um, you know, Bienemy, he's supposed to be head coach. You know, uh, material didn't. You know, he got passed over on all this stuff. Like, where where were the offensive coaches? Where was the adjustment? Because the best drive Kansas City had all day was when they had Kelsey and Hill on the same side of the field, and Mahomes was scrambling up and yada yada yada. And they never went back to that. Then they started putting Hill and Kelsey on opposite sides of the field, presumably maybe to stretch out the field. Right. I just, I, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm not a head coach, and I know people listen to this be like, oh, you know, you're not a head coach. But I'm sorry, I watch, you Sam, I watch a lot of football. I know how things work, and not to say that I'm, you know, I'm at that level. I'm far from it. But come on, guys, you, you get four defenders deep, then you have seven in a shell against the the other nine players on your team. You have mismatches everywhere. Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense is good. They ran him. With success, they're like the only team all year that ran with success, 7.1 yards per carry. They never forced that issue. They just kept trying to push the ball downfield to Kelsey and Tariq Hill, and Tampa Bay was ready for it. And not only were they ready for it, they had proven that that shell would work 
if they didn't adjust. I'm just shocked that Kansas City never adjusted, but all credit to Tampa Bay. And yes, the GOAT, Tom Brady. I've struggled to call him the GOAT, but what else can you say about the guy? He's had three Super Bowl wins, maybe maybe more, since 37 years old, Sam. Since he's 37. He's had three in his 40s. What can you say about a guy like this? And so, like, you know, I've I always thought that during their during their careers, Peyton Manning to me was a better quarterback than Tom Brady during their career. But t- this is how this is how unbelievable it is. Peyton Manning got elected to the Hall of Fame this weekend. He has not been playing for five years, and even those last two years were kind of old years for Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. Maybe last season, I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. the last year and a half, or whatever. Tom Brady still looks really good. I mean, he, he it's looks not good, bro, and he looks younger than he did when, you know, he was, you know, 23, 24 years old. I I'll say this, I think that his his like when his helmet is off, he's st- he's starting to look older to me, like seasoned. I wouldn't have said that 2 years ago, but his right. body when he puts his helmet on, you cannot tell and he's a better quarterback now than he was his the, during his first 3 peat. He is. Right. Right. And he still has the arm. This is what you and I were talking about before the season. Everybody wants to, you know, throw dirt on Tom Brady like he's dead. The, the Patriots neglected him offensively, except for like two years yep. when they had Welker and Moss. They neglected getting him players yep. for the most for for the back part of his Super Bowl when he had uh, when he beat the uh, the Falcons and the uh, the Rams. All he had was a tight end, Gronkowski, obviously a Hall of Fame tight end. That's all he had. You go and to Edelman, t- who did short routes, yeah, you know, like, option who's routes. Not, who's not? A, yeah, he's an option route guy. He's not a long ball guy. You know, he's not an Antonio Brown. No, he's not a you know Mike Evans. You know, yeah, uh, they're loaded. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay I mean, was yeah, and they're loaded defensively. Right. <sighs> you know, and so I so you could see them. I mean, if people are like, "Oh, should he quit? Why would he quit? No, why?" This wasn't the year that they were supposed to win it. I think they were gunning for next year. Dude, they're going to be better next year. They didn't, they didn't even have a a, a, a full uh, mini camp. They didn't have a, a real training camp. They didn't have any preseason games. And they really started to come into their own towards the end of the season. If there's a team that wants to keep playing, it would probably be them because they're just getting better and better and better. You know, I texted Brad after like the Monday morning after this Bowl. Brad, my get my uh, get paid co-host, and I said, "How refreshing is it that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl yesterday, and I'm not already hearing today how his team wants to get rid of him? Because for the last six years of New England, it was all about okay, well maybe yep. New England will move on, maybe New England will move on, and now Tom Brady, seriously, for the first time since he was probably like 33." Like the first time in a decade, think about that. Since he was like in right. his early 30s, now he's in his early 40s. For the first time, he's now um, he's now at a point where he's just like he's calling his shot. He'll be like, "Yeah, I'll be back." And Tampa Bay's uh-huh. like, "Of course, of course, we want him back." <laughs> right? <laughs> Did anybody's and like I wrote in the guy and I you know you know my football book and everything. I said, "Look, Tampa Bay. Here's what you need to know: Jameis Winston." Threw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Tom Brady is going to throw for at least 20 less interceptions. This team is going to be in the playoffs and they're going to be a factor, right? That's the first thing I said. The second thing uh-huh. I said is when has Tom Brady had this level of, of weapons? And that was when they had Gronk. That was before Antonio Brown came. Right. And I said, when has he had these he's weapons? He's going to throw for 35 touchdowns. Lock it in. And I said the same thing about Roethlisberger. And I got so many people emailing me, Tom Brady's done. Tom Brady's done. 
was like, guys, you know, I was like, look, I watch, I watch the games. I'm not looking at the stats. New England had no support for him. And I'm sorry, but Jeff McDaniels is a garbage coach. And we, we see, we, we've seen it for two years, three years in Denver when he was the head coach. And he went all in on Tim freaking Tebow. And we saw it this year. This offense in New England never adjusted. They didn't have any preparation on their offense. Josh McDaniels sucks as a coach. Tom Brady obviously propped him up. Now, Bill Belichick's the GOAT. I'm not going to take anything away from Belichick. The defense was there. The offense was lacking. I put that on McDaniels' shoulders. But Tom Brady, and I said this to my brother, Sam, there had been two player, two people, not even players, but people, I think that could talk to Bill Belichick, synthesize and apply all of the information. Those two people are reportedly Lawrence Taylor, who Belichick just said he soaked everything up and knew exactly what I wanted and he could sleep in the meetings, and he knew he would just he would be he's like a savant. And Tom Brady, right. no no assistant coaches, Belichick can can figure out what Belichick is doing. Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, that's the list. And it's just just unbelievable what he's doing. He's had he's basically doubled what Peyton Manning did in his career. You can't say that anybody else is the goat. The one person I would compare, which I made this comparison, and get paid. Because to get somebody like Tom Brady, first of all, we're in this, we're living in this age now where people are routinely going to be playing in their 40s at peak level, right? right because right. of sports science. So we're right. seeing guys like Federer in tennis. We're seeing guys like LeBron in the NBA. Uh, we see plenty of pitchers going into their 40s in the MLB. That's been going on a little while uh, because you know maybe some performance enhancing in Major League Baseball. But I'll leave that there. The uh, but Tom Brady, you know his TB12 method, it works. You know he's skinnier than he's ever been. He's loose. He can still take a hit. He doesn't want to. He gets rid of the ball so fast. He's going to be able to play another three, four, five years if he wants to. And I think Tampa Bay will let him. Yep. So and, not, and, and pay him, you know, yeah. and and make sure that he's got weapons, mm-hmm. you know. And and Leonard Fournette, you know, this guy, Whew, yeah, you know, had a had a hell of a season, uh-huh. you know. And you know, there's people that just benefit from Tom Brady just being on the field. Yeah. And you know, they're going to ride that train as they should. Mm-hmm. As, as as far as it's going to take it, because when's the last time Tampa's been? What twenty years ago? And they Tampa never had was, a. Qu- I mean, it was right. Brad Johnson. They didn't have right. a quarterback even. Trent Dilfer to Brad Johnson was the last time. Believe Jeff me, Garcia. Yeah, like they just had. Yeah. You know, they had some journeymen. You know, it's been um, a, it's been a franchise of pure journeymen until Brady got there, and he's kind of a journeyman just based on because of how old he is. But believe me, Tampa Bay is going to go down with that ship. Oh, for sure. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pirate ship, right? Arr. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's – I think – and Brady, I think he's – yeah, he's never really felt appreciated. And nope. And, you know, Tampa Bay, because of the market and the Central Florida market, you know, we grew up in Orlando. You're still there. <clears throat> we know how it works. Like, in Orlando, they would always beat down Penny Hardaway and Shaq back when they had Shaq and Tracy McGrady. At Tampa Bay, you know, at least they have the Rays and they have the Lightning so that, you know, they can actually focus elsewhere. And both of those teams are pretty good. Believe me, Tampa Bay is going to appreciate Tom Brady and they're going to let him walk out on his terms. And oh, they're, a better, they're a better fan base than anything we've ever had in Orlando. Yeah, definitely. Everyone oh, yeah. in Tampa, there's a reason why they're still able to support the Lightning. Yeah. Because people go to the games. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like in Florida, we have a, you know, a really successful hockey team because People go to the games. People go to the games. You know, but that's the, the only market that gets people to the game. Oh, I guess Miami people go, you know, support some some teams in my in, not I mean some teams. 
some teams right. in Miami, not uh, the Marlins, but uh, but you know the Dolphins they'll support. <clears throat> right. They actually, they, I think the Florida Panthers used to be there. I think they're in Fort Lauderdale now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, you know, they're in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Florida, California is the same way. You know, when you have a beach to go to, you better be a good team. You know, and, and show up. But you're right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans are always selling out. Um, mm-hmm. So good for, good and for them. And you're right. This is the first time they've had a quarterback. You mm-hmm. know, and he is the face. And Gronk already said he's coming back. I mean, good. they're gonna they're gonna try to run this thing back, like. You know, why Why wouldn't they? Speaking of Gronk, speaking of Gronk, I had two bets on Sunday, as I've talked about in my other podcast. Two bets on the game. Look, I picked Kansas City win by 10, but I was not betting on the game because it would not have shocked me if Tampa Bay – because you, you, you need to adjust. And, you know, I was shocked that Tampa Bay kicked the teeth in of Kansas City, but I'm not shocked that they won the game. So I didn't bet on, on Tampa Bay uh, – or I'm sorry, on Kansas City. But I did bet the easiest money of the weekend. I did bet that Gronkowski would be over 33 yards receiving. I also put a separate bet on Gronkowski over 43 yards receiving. He had 42 at halftime. And then I think in the first drive in the second half, I was just eating my pizza and loving life at that point because I had gotten paid out. Two bets, two, 100%. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, that was lovely that that happened. Yeah, and he had what? You know, in the Green Bay game, he had one catch for like 50 yards, mm-hmm. and that was it. But you knew he was going to be a factor. Yeah. You know, in this, you know, um, and that they, they those two play so well together. They, you know, they know they, they know they know what's going on. You know? And you so. know what? What's amazing about him is like Gronkowski. He wasn't getting a lot of catches, but he's on the field. And the, you know, in our fantasy football right. world, um, you know, we we're just paying attention. I know where I was hearing a lot about Brate, Cameron Brate, who's a very good receiver, but. In the game that you got to have it, believe me, Brady is going to go to Gronkowski in the got to have it moments in the Super Bowl, just like right. he did in Green Bay. Got to have it. Gronkowski hits the big catch that was like his only catch of the game. But the one thing Gronkowski is good for is he's on the field. Even now that he's kind of slimmed out, he is mauling people in the run game. I mean, this dude is next level. Might be the best tight end of all time. Um, you know, Kelsey is kind of growing on that list. Obviously, like Tony Gonzalez is well thought of, but I don't remember Tony Gonzalez being this physically dominant on top of being dominant in the receiving game. I really don't, I can't think like Shannon Sharp, but Shannon Sharp was like a receiving tight end. He was good. I think Gronkowski is the greatest tight end of all time. I, I feel comfortable saying that now. And I hope he plays for another three or four years because they have fun playing under Bruce Arians. It's fun for them, you know? So why not? Why not? You make millions of dollars a year, and you have fun, and you play a game. That's what it's yep. all about, man. That's what it's all about. Uh, one thing Brad told me uh, yesterday on the Get Paid show that I thought was interesting is he said that like ESPN or NFL, I can't remember who it was, but th- what they did is Brady's been playing, what, 21 seasons now, 2021 seasons? They broke his career into, into seven-year increments. And he said any one of those seven-year increments is a Hall of Fame career. Any one of them. Like, he had the three Super Bowls his first seven years. He had a bunch of appearances. I don't know how many he actually won his second seven years. And now his last seven years, he's won, like, three. Hall of Fame career. Three separate Hall of Fame careers. And I was saying, Montana, the one thing I would say is you got to play a long time, which Brady is obviously doing. And you have to... um, you have to be with the right coaching staff and the right organization, which the Patriots were for years, thanks to Belichick. Um, and, um, you know, early on, thanks to Charlie Weiss, I think Charlie Weiss did a great job bringing Brady on. Then by the time Weiss was gone, Brady was his own thing. So I think he was propping up like Bill O'Brien, and Josh McDaniels and all that stuff for the rest of his career. 
But you have to have those. The only other guy I can compare, it's not Peyton Manning. It's not Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, the Packers organization, has let him down season in and season out. I think Peyton Manning, his body didn't hold up. Like he, like if he could have been, you know, as good, he would have won more Super Bowls. But you know, if he could have played, extended his peak five, six, seven years like Brady, I think he would have won more. But the other guy I think about is Joe Montana, who didn't have the longevity. But I will say this: Bill Walsh, he had the organization, he had the talent around him, he had the thing. He was four zero in Super Bowls. Bill Walsh retires, and suddenly they start saying, "Hey, maybe we should look at Steve Young." Montana gets injured. First of all, they would have won a Super Bowl with um, um, another Super Bowl, maybe two Super Bowls with Bill Walsh, I think, had Walsh not retired. They won one with Seifert as it was. Then they get rid of Montana, go to Steve Young, which I don't argue in the move, but if Walsh was there and they kept Montana, I think Montana could have gotten, if everything broke right, could have gotten to six. And Brady's hitting at seven and still playing another three years. Yeah. It's it's just unbelievable. You can't say anything bad about the guy. It's Super Bowl with two teams, one in each conference. I don't know if a quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl in two conferences. Manning won with two teams, but he was in the same conference. Right. He's conquered the AFC and the NFC. He's just, you know, what can you say? The, the guy is, I would say that we'll never see it again, but because of sports science, I do believe right. that by the time we're in our 80s, Sam, we're going to see guys playing in their 50s that are that are good. Yeah. With, with the advancements. So I, I do yeah. think we can see it again, but seven Super Bowls, holy plus, smokes, once you, man. Once you start seeing that the number is going up, people get it in their head that, yep. okay, I can play. Like You're kind of limited sometimes by what your brain power is telling you. So we've always said guys are done by 30, you know, five. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so people, when they hit 35, they just start thinking, all right, well, I should probably start. Yeah. Tom Brady, LeBron James, these guys, you know, especially with the how much they, money they put in their mm-hmm. bodies and the way they take care of themselves. Yep. If you have guys that are that committed, they're saying, well, if I feel good, I feel fine. I'm still operating. Like, why can't we just keep pushing this? You know, especially if Brady's not getting hit that much, you know, that would be the only thing to do him in is yeah. he starts getting injuries. And that know? was my big the question same with LeBron, you know, but yep. Yeah, and that's another thing is like, you know, in the 90s, because Montana, I was looking at, when I was in Get Paid, I was looking at it. Montana retired at 38. Um, so our age, Sam, our age, right. he retired. He, he's done with football at our age. And I believe me, waking up in the morning in the cold Chicago winter, I understand why you retire at 38. But, you know, back then he's making two, three million bucks a year. I don't remember what the contracts were, but they were in the, the single digit millions, even for the best quarterbacks. These guys, Tom Brady... Uh, LeBron James, they're spending that much a year on their body. That's like not not even taking uh, sponsorship into it. They're putting that much money into their bodies every year just to make sure that they can get every bit of of physical ability out of them and extend the primes of their lives. And it's working. And it's cool. It's cool to watch because I like seeing I like I like seeing a forty three year old Brady against a twenty what five year old Mahomes or whatever he is. Right. That's a right. cool matchup for the history of the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I got news for everybody. Tampa Bay, their big weakness this year, their biggest weakness this year was their secondary, everybody. The secondary that just dominated the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh-huh. That was the biggest weakness in, the second, in this team. They're going to be able to add a defensive back. Now, Chris Godwin's a free agent. Obviously, you want to see him come back. There are a lot of good wide receiver free agents. But, gosh, man, if I'm Godwin, why do I leave? Why do I leave? Right. For an ex- right, why do you leave? You know, you know. Uh, 
look, you can you I might think be able- AB was he's on what he was only on a one year deal, yeah. right? So they yeah. will have to if they want to bring him back, and hopefully he has a relatively quiet off season. As you've seen, when he's with Brady too, mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's locked in. It's and, like Rodman and Jordan. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like also like maybe he's had some he's had some help. Um, along the way because Maybe. he just seems he seems different. Well, um, you remember Brandon Marshall? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, we're from the area, right? But uh, Brandon Marshall, um, it took him a while, but he realized that he had uh, what was it, personality disorder or schizophrenia? Yeah. One of those two. He had something, you know, something that was like he he had an issue, and then once he figured it out, he was kind of he got help. He was all in. He was very charitable. You know, raising awareness. He was one of the very first mental health awareness people in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I, Antonio Brown and some of the ways he's, he was acting reminded me of a little bit worse like that. Like when I would say he's bipolar, a lot of people say that kind of making fun of people, but I like legitimately, you know, I think he was displaying a lot of bipolar symptoms and still does. Yeah. And I mean, I have a, I mean, I don't know how deep we want to go, but I have a good story about Brandon. Um, when I was coaching, mm-hmm. um, high school basketball and Brandon was, Brandon was on the team, mm-hmm. um, at Lake Howell. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Brandon on a, on a weekend uh, tournament, go out and win a dunk contest, win the first game, had like 30-something points. I mean, he was an unbelievable athlete, mm-hmm. really good basketball player too. Um, and then completely lose it in the locker room on a teammate um, just for nothing mm. and got kicked off the team. Wow. The same weekend he dropped 30 and won a and won a slam dunk contest, got kicked off the team. Wow. And you could just tell that there was just something. Something was something else was going on mm-hmm. because this is a kid that was very highly recruited to play football to you know, he had he even had basketball scholars. I mean, he's just a yeah. athlete all around track, everything. Yeah. Dude was just a monster. And and I was in the locker room and he just lost it just lost it on a kid mm. um, and got kicked off the team. The whole team voted to kick him off wow. um, for his actions. And you could just tell there was something. So I was really happy when Brandon figured that out yeah. because that was obviously something that's, you know, um, been an issue in his life for a long time. And that's why I, I hope with AB, I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, with some of the stuff that was playing out that, you know, he's able to, to get the chances and get the um, help that, you know, he needs. And he seems like, you know, since he's been in Tampa, he's been pretty much a uh, model citizen as far as um, yeah. what's come out at least. So Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, it, you have to wonder because it, it is very possible he's just a jerk too. <laughs> you yeah, know? He, it he, is possible. Yeah, he could be, yeah. you know. Yeah, but, you know. Or with... he, does, or he uh, does have some imbalances going on yeah. and has not gotten – you know, the, the help proper help need yeah. and, you know, so yeah. that could be, that could be the truth too. You know, yep. you never know. You never know. You never know. And now anybody. he's had success and sometimes with success after a guy who's been down, sometimes can be kind of the worst thing because they go right back up yeah. to the eyes again. Mm. And so we'll have to see, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, for Tampa Bay, like if it's a, or for Antonio Brown, if it's um like a quiet off season, I believe he'll probably sign a deal with somebody else and he'll take, I believe Antonio Brown will take the money. That's what I believe. I think the smart move will be for him to go back and pair with Brady and win, win some more Super Bowls. But Antonio Brown, I give him a little bit more of a pass because he's kind of at the end of his rope. 
Um, right. You know, he's not the same. Look, he's a difference maker. He's a good guy. But, look, he's the third best wide receiver on this team. And it's Antonio Brown. So that shows you where right. he is. He's obviously productive. But he's the third best receiver on that team. You know, fourth uh-huh. if you consider Gronkowski. And I do. But, um, you know, Godwin, to me, he's a young guy. If you stay with Brady and win another couple of Super Bowls, maybe you can make a million dollars more a year playing for Detroit, you know? Maybe you can make a million dollars extra playing for Cincinnati. Maybe not Cincinnati, but you know what I'm saying here, right? Maybe Cleveland, who's up and coming. I mean, that'd be interesting. Or you could win a Super Bowl with Brady and make that money up in sponsorship and have Tampa keep your contract. Because that's another thing that, like, this Antonio Brown, going back to him and Le'Veon Bell, they were playing for a franchise that will let you play out your contract. And these guys were so focused about what the other 31 teams in the league were doing. And the the teams are like, okay, well, we're going to waive you. And so they're looking for all this guaranteed money and this big signing bonus. Pittsburgh pays out their players. They do. They're like the only right. they're the only franchise to be fair. They're the only franchise that does it, but they pay out their players. They let them play their season out unless they, you know, make trouble. Like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown did. Right, right. Um and those guys have never recouped the money that they lost by getting waived by Pittsburgh and um, and Tampa Bay. I'm sorry, and uh, by Pittsburgh and um, you know Le'Veon Bell goes to New York and gets a nice quote unquote big contract, but then he's bounced a season and a half right. later. Antonio right. Brown gets this big quote unquote contract uh, with the Raiders and then the Patriots, but gets bounced and bounced and they never get paid out. Pittsburgh would have had them under contract for that entire time and paid them out tens of millions of dollars. They've lost right. that money. But now, I'll, to be fair. If this were the Buffalo Bills, if this were the Miami Dolphins, yeah, okay, hold out for the for the guaranteed money. But you got to be realistic about where you are. And Sammy Watkins was in the same situation a couple like last year after Kansas City won the Super Bowl. Sammy Watkins is like, I'm going to renegotiate my contract. I'm going to take the bankable money and I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes this is exactly what happened. Anyway. I think that's about it. You got anything else in the Super Bowl? Oh, let, let me talk about this. Look, I know it's been a tough year. I know it's been a tough year. It's been hard. We talked about a lot of this stuff, like all the death, all the depression, all this stuff. Man, watching the Super Bowl was a bummer, especially the first quarter. Everything was like, are you, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to make me cry? Like, what is this? The coverage <laughs> and this and that. At some point, you know, we got to look. Yeah, we got to celebrate something. Yeah, I know, man. Golly, it's the Super Bowl for crying out loud. I was looking to like, just like, Okay, acknowledge once it's a bad year. Acknowledge it. But every commercial is just like, oh, people are dying. And I know they are. And we know they are. And then everything is like this and that. And, you know, that every story before the Super Bowl was about how somebody died. And, oh, gosh, can we just look? I, vaccinations are taking way too long to get out. Can we just focus on maybe the light at the end of the tunnel instead of the right. crap that we're in? Yeah, doom and gloom. Talking about 2020. It's over. Let's move on on with it. 2020 is over. I know that we're still stuck with the ramifications of it. We're going to get out of it. Let's focus on that. I mean, let's not. I mean, obviously, you still want to wear masks and all that stuff and do the right things, but let's focus on the good things in life, man. Companies are hiring again. Right. You know, let's focus on the good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was tough to watch. Tough to watch. And then that Ashton Kutcher is like the worst singer ever. I know he was like trying what to do. Was your fav- what was your favorite commercial? We'll just end on that, you know. Like, um, I would say two. One, the Ashton Kutcher one because I've been singing his poor singing. Yeah, I've been <laughs> emulating that singing. And by the way, like uh, my wife and I have been watching 
um, what what is it? We were watching like old se- seasons of Hell's Kitchen on Amazon Prime, and they'll you know they'll cut to an ad. So I've been seeing the Ashton Kutcher um, singing thing for a long time. So I've already been singing it, and so they had the extended one on the Super Bowl. So that's one of them. Hey, who caught you in the shower? Shower. shower. <laughs> I got you on the camera. He's singing like he's singing like uh is it Shaggy who does that song? Yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. He's trying to sing like him. So bad. So bad. So I love that one. And the other one was like all the Bud Greats. I like bringing like all the you know, Cedric the Entertainer and like the the singer, like all these people that used Post to be below. Yeah. yeah. I like that, except I was confused because I was like, where are the where's the what's up people and what's where's the is that the, the frogs? The, and the, the frogs. frogs on there? No, I didn't see him. I might have yeah. missed him, but you know, I was expecting a what's up, because that's Bud, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Bud, why, Zer, you know, yeah. where are those guys? Those are the greats, because they, they hit those for years. For I years. like the uh, Edgar Scissorhands. Yeah, that's all right. That was all right. With Winona Ryder. Uh-huh. I just thought it was good, you know, and Timothy Chalet was playing the, the Ed, Edgar I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, he's just a new young actor uh, that's really good. But uh, I thought it was cool they had Winona Ryder in it, and mm-hmm. supposedly Tim Burton really liked it and gave his uh, blessing mm-hmm. on it. So I just, I just thought it was good. I love that movie. What though, was the so. commercial for? Uh, shoot. Uh, let's see, <laughs> Chevy. I believe it's a Chevy. Com- I mean, it's a car commercial. Because You're right. It was Lincoln or Chevy. I don't remember what it was, but it was the one where he could, you know, you could press and basically it drives. You know, so mm. Edgar didn't have to worry about scratching everything up. So, mm. for a second, I thought it was going to be a Subway commercial, and he was like doing the cold cuts. I mean, Subway missed their mark on that. They should bring back Sandler for uh, Happy Gilmore. Subway. Ah, they should that'd be do good. that. Like, I don't know. Like, some of these people just miss. I mean, maybe it's pitched and it's not yeah. gone with. But I feel like a Super Bowl commercial, Sandler would do something for Subway. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like especially if they're like, "Hey, listen, we'll donate proceeds to this." Sure, like, yeah. feel like you'd be like, "All right, let's do it." You know? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the Super Bowl ads have gotten worse and worse over time, and part of it is because they play the Super Bowl ads prior to the Super Bowl. I know, I know. And so, like, it's like you know, they watching get, they get out early. Yeah, so yeah. You've seen the stuff. I just did, I hadn't seen that your scissor hand, but um, yeah, they do get out. Way, they get out super early. Like you said, you've seen the. It wasn't me one, you yeah. know, Ashton Kutcher for for weeks, you know, so. Yeah. Then there's uh, also on that Amazon Prime, there's a, uh, there's Sir Hellman's Mayo. I've been seeing nothing but Sir Hellman's Mayo. And I'm giving them a shout out because I think it's funny because I can tell what they did is they took their Super Bowl budget. That would have been like one Super Bowl ad. And they're like, uh, let me just sweep through Super Bowl week, all of the ads. And there was like a you know, a regular mayo ad, one mayo ad from like, I don't know if it was Heinz or Hellman's or whatever. I don't know. But Sir, Sir, whatever, Sir Richards or whatever it is on, on Amazon, they bought the thing up. So I thought it was funny. I also wanted to talk about um, the halftime show quickly. I thought it was good. Uh, you know, I like, I, I, I don't really listen to the weekend outside of like the one big song everybody knows. I didn't realize how actually popular he was. I didn't always realize he was worth as much, but he spent seven mil of his own money on that show. Yeah, man. Invest in yourself. I guess. Um, I, but I thought it was well done, that big stage. You know, he's he's very kind of like light and visual focused. So I thought that they did well. You know, I figure, you know, it was going to be socially distanced. They weren't going to have a mosh pit in front of the crowd and all that stuff. It wasn't going to have the energy of Beyonce or Justin Timberlake or Bruno Mars and all that stuff. I thought for what we knew the Super Bowl would be, I thought it was a fantastic show. So I, But yeah. I heard I heard some people didn't like it, though. 
I mean, I liked it. I liked the weekend. I thought yeah. he did really good. You know, um, it's just, you know, obviously weird year. Weird yeah. year for Super Bowls. Weird year for any kind of sports, you know. So. At some point, they got to get Muse on there because they need a visually stimulating, but they're rock, and I don't know if that's too, but they're actually pretty huge in Europe. They're bigger in Europe than they are in the U.S., so I wonder if, if they'll try to get them sometime. Maybe Muse just doesn't want to do it. I could see them because they're super right. anti, anti-corporation anti and stuff. Right, so. right, right. But, yeah, I thought it was kind of an odd choice when I heard about it. And then I was just like, eh, you know. me. I, I kind of figured that the that the weekend they were probably like, look, I'll pay money. to. You know, I think the NFL was looking for kind of a less expensive option. And I think that's kind of what the weekend was. But I thought it was a really good show. I just don't know where they go from here. But I guess I would have said the same thing last year. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what the year looks like. We'll see. Uh, quickly, I want to talk about the Keto Chronicles, bro. Okay, brother. Um, not too much update. I did. Uh, this was my weekend for double cheat since it was the Super Bowl weekend planned in there. The idea was to to make homemade pizza on Saturday with some garlic nuts. Uh, you know, bread's the no-no in keto, so I'm, I've I've been gravitating towards bread and breaded meals because it's so good. But um, then Sunday we were going to do a little Portillo's action. Chicagoland oh, area. Oh, you're speaking to me. You're speaking to me. You know I love some Portillo's, man. However, what ended oh. up happening is um, I tried to make the pizza dough in the bread maker instead of the KitchenAid mixer because it, the bread dough is killing my KitchenAid mixer, and I want to, you know. So I tried to make it in the, in the in the bread maker, and it just absolutely obliterated the bread. So what I ended up having oh. to do was get Papa John's. Um, okay. And so we got Papa John's and a ton of breadsticks because I love. Actually, I like the breadsticks more than I like the pizza. So we got two li- little pizzas and then like breadsticks and had that. Well, of course, you know, since the diet, my stomach has shrunk, so eat barely half of it. So then on Sunday, my wife didn't really feel like going out. She wasn't feeling too well, and I was just like, "Yeah, screw it. I can eat pizza again." So I ended up eating. Pe- I ended up eating pizza and breadsticks for two nights. I had so much bread, Sam. So much bread. I must have gained probably eleven to twelve pounds over the weekend. Just from bread and then the water, you know, and the, and the bread sticking. Right. It's all still in my stomach and my colon and my intestines somewhere, I can tell you. <laughs> so anyway, today I'm down to 181.8, which is four-tenths of a pound over my Wednesday weigh-in last week, which I was fine. I actually, on Saturday morning, popped all the way down to 179.8. I was able to stay in ketosis. I was able to manipulate it, have a little bit of sugar, and stay in that optimum range. I went down all the way to 179.8. My projection weight was 181 last week. And so I lost 3.6 pounds last week, Sam. That's a lot. Nice. Yeah. It was so good that it was concerning to me. And so I'm just like, gosh, I hope I, I hope I kind of stay flat. I hope, you know, my goal weight this week is 179 on Saturday morning. And I would say I'm on my way there. I don't know. But the problem is, of course, it's like zero degrees which isn't a problem, actually. Yeah. The, the cold isn't the issue. The issue is that um, the snow, the compacted snow on the ground, is the worst surface to run in because it's uneven and it's right. really hard. So, like, I – and it's slippery in places. You know, you could slip and, right, like, right. Hurt, hurt a knee. So I ran on Monday four miles instead of six, and I had to stop because my hips and my knees and my, my Achilles and stuff were, were really bothering me. So right. yesterday I rode. Today I'm going to try to run again because we've had a little bit of a thaw. It's up to like 13 degrees. And with the, the black top toppers, you, you could actually get the snow to melt off a little quicker. So I'm hoping it's more slush and that I can run on it. But we'll see, man. But today's not going to be a heavy workout week just because my environment is failing me. And I can't go to the gym because I'm not going to, uh, you know, to be breathing in other people's air. So right. we'll see how it goes. But the, the big thing is that I, manipulating the um, 
the keto level. I didn't uh-huh. get into fast, like your fast mode, which is like, hey, my body is going to um, preserve fat and kick out muscle right. and just survive. I was able to stay in the, the fat burning zone. Um, instead of, you know, usually I would come out of it on a Thursday. I came out of it on Saturday afternoon this time. So I really like did well last week. So that's good. That's kind of like a, a move forward in terms of science, but we're going to see how it goes. Um, my body feels good outside of running on that compacted snow too. It's, it's working my little, uh, workout regimen. I'm going to probably push up the heavy, like the, the amount of the weight that I do my curls and, you know, military press and triceps and all this stuff. I'm going to push that up. I'm pushing up my push-ups and my sit-ups amounts, um, but um, keeping those those mobility days. That's the that's the key to everything. If Tom yeah. Brady has taught us one thing, it's all about mobility. Mobility, pliability, baby. Yeah, that's where it's at. It stretch. Yep. You gotta get that stretch in. Mm-hmm. It, it really, it, I mean, it makes me feel so much younger when I stretch. Flexibility, like my body. I know, man. Especially then when you start running, like, you just feel better because mm-hmm. everything's not so you know, sore. tight and sore. sore. Yeah. 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 Like you actually can feel like, like, you know, bendable and flexible yeah. and, you know, not yeah, I do. Step. I feel like I'm 30 when I, when right. I do my yoga, I do, I feel great. So it definitely, if you're, if you're looking to get physically fit and trying to figure out how I know it's hard because I have hard, a hard time focusing and making a priority, but, um, yeah, dude, it's, 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 um, yoga is so important. Just like it doesn't even have to be intense. Just give give yourself like a half hour, two to three times a week, and you, you will just feel so good. Even if that's the only activity you get, just everybody do it. It's just so good right. for you. And if you're in your 20s and you do it now, you're gonna extend your prime. And that's what it's all about. Believe me, I'm 38 and I'm thinking like, gosh, I want to like tour Europe. And I've walked on those cobblestones as like an early 30s, and they'll tear your back up. So the more pliable you are now, you know. I want to be 80. I want to still be running when I'm 80. I don't want to be, you know, moonwalking on a treadmill. Yeah. So that's what it's at. It's yoga. And then once I get my hernia repaired, I'm going to get back into uh, or get into, um, what's he going, Pilates. Yeah. Get into those. Work some more core. There you go, man. I think that's the show. Love it. School's out. School's out for summer. Goes out for a little bit. Everyone be good. Yeah, be good. Be good. Uh, Get healthy. Get your vaccines. Um, Stay healthy. And we will be back at a time of our choosing. But we will be back. And uh, look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, everyone. Be good. Welcome to the podcast. Functional sports are all in. Sam and Sean, who they be. Sports in real life. They got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast And you know just what we call it Functional sports appalling Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives Talking about real life, they real nice Going cray on the Netflix late nights And they build an NBA, keeping the game tight Reppin' the 407, Old Town And 9-4's when they met, now they hold it down Talking life, talking real social issues All light-hearted, so don't bring your tissues And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO And don't get him started on Gooch Givens They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are holy. Sam and Sean, who they be. 
sports in real life. They got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast.